This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, episode like 82 now. That's crazy. That is crazy. July 16th, 2019, coming off of UFC, <laughs> sat down. Whoa. <laughs> Big whoa. <laughs> uh, headlined by Jermaine Durandamy and uh, Aspen Ladd. Didn't go well for Aspen Ladd. No, it didn't. Made me look foolish. I, I would say it made everyone look foolish. Brendan picked Durandamy, so oh, made she, him look pretty yeah, good. Did. did he? Yeah, I, did. I didn't even know. He gained one on the uh, picks this week. So, big week for B. Run dog. Is B a nickname? It's a debate for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have time today. It was also gave me more confidence. I was like, I went from like, fuck, you two picked uh, Aspen, and then I went to like, I'd say mm-hmm. 66% sure to like a good 84 to when Aspen had a terrible weight cut. Yeah, she did not look good in that. Uh, weigh-in video. Yeah, and I guess this isn't the first time that she's really, really struggled to make weight. And but the last time she did, she stomped her opponent. So, but she looks way too small for 145 too. So, yeah, she's in I a don't, tough spot. I don't understand what her. I don't know why she's having so many issues with because she looks like a natural 135er. Right. Maybe she's walking around too heavy. And maybe she, uh, Johnny Hendrick syndrome. Could be. It's very possible. Hopefully not. We hope that you get a better weight cut next time, Aspen. Hire a nutritionist or something. How much of the? How much of that? Or that's not the right wording. How much do you attribute the knockout to the terrible weight cut? Yet terrible weight. In my opinion, oh, not even in my opinion. It's factual. Terrible weight cut definitely affects your fight stamina. It definitely played a factor, but do you think that's the reason she got knocked out in yeah, 15 mean, seconds? No. Yeah, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. You I get caught by his 16, I think, officially. But yeah, if you saw uh, the, the clip, you saw the whole fight. I definitely, I mean, before and after the weight cut, I obviously had the same pick. So, I mean, I definitely thought she yeah. was going to lose. Yeah, I'd give it a I slight like, contribution. I think Aspen Ladd's a very good fighter, and... Well, she Durand- got caught. Durandamy certainly uh, good and everything. I didn't think that she was the caliber of fighter that was going to be knocking out a very legit contender in 15 seconds. So, I mean, she is also world-class kickboxer, yeah, sure, so sure. it, it kind of makes sense. I just didn't see the result coming, and after that weight cut, I think it made a lot more sense. I'm not saying that's the reason that she was knocked out in 15 seconds, but I definitely think it attributed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Durandamy's got herself right back in title contention with, and a rematch for uh, with Amanda Nunes. Do f- it after 15 seconds of work. Do it at 145. Why? Because then she can say she beat every champion in, in women's that. UFC history and division she's fought at at their weight. She didn't beat Shevchenko at 125. It, well, she she the weights that she's fought at. Uh huh. She's beaten every champion that oh, there's been. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. At their weight, except Durandamy. I mean. I guess, but really, I mean, it does, what's do it the difference between one thirty-five and one forty-five? It's just w- less of a water cut. I think they're about to get rid of the one hundred forty-five pound weight class, anyway. I, so. I think so too. If Cyborg leaves, for sure. Now you're right, Faber. Let's talk about it. Uh, it was forty-some second knockout 
Yeah, 44 seconds, I think. In his first fight in four, three, four years, something, something like, like that. that. Brendan has a big-time hatred for Uriah Faber, and I think it grew even more when he won. We watched the fight live at the racetrack. I pulled up the phone. Simone got was Simone was getting shots in quick, mm-hmm. and Uriah looked like he's in trouble. Brendan said, I like where this is going. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Faber drops Simone. I thought that was a highlight, too. I didn't think that was an actual fight. Yeah. I was I mean, like, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was like a highlight reel. Like, you're about to show me fucking him knock him out because Simone is pressuring him, landing mm-hmm. shots. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that shit. Mm-hmm. But no. And I'm, Faber's right back in fucking title contention, too. We might just fuck around and get the shot calling out Henry Cejudo. I mean, Ricky, was he even ranked? No. But you're right. It's Ryan Faber. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he gets a shot over Petter Yan and Aljo, that's a real shame. I guarantee he gets it over Petter Yan. I don't know if he'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think. I think Aljo is the most deserving. Yeah, I say him and Petter Yan fight it out while Aljo fights. And that makes Cejudo. sense. But Uriah Faber is undoubtedly, undoubtedly the biggest name out of the three. But how many? How many? Because this is obviously a pay per view fight. How many pay per views does Uriah Faber Henry Cejudo do? If that's a main event. A lot more than Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling. You're right, but I think that's a co-main any day of the week. I think they try to make Henry Cejudo a main event if they put Uriah Faber. Right. And if he's a co-main event, what he adds versus what Aljo adds to the card, I think, is negligible. Mm, I I just, because they've already had a back and forth. Uriah's the bigger name. Just, I mean, he's got a marketable finish since coming back. I, I just feel like that's probably what his most do. marketable finish of his career. Without it, maybe the Michael McDonald one. Right, even any, but and the thing I the, the biggest thing I want to touch on with your Uriah fight is I think it was a bad stoppage. Yeah, I think I, the main event probably was too. I mean, I, I guess think it was a little. I think both of them were a little early, but maybe I mean, I think it was early, but maybe if they let it continue, Uriah lands four more shots and then it's fine. Exactly. But when that was Herb Dean, right? No, in the Herb Dean wins the main event. Co-main event was Mike Beltron. When he stepped in, I thought it was very much. Ricky Simone was very much still in it, and while Faber landed some good unprotected shots in there, I feel like Simone was still trying to fight. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was a worse stopping than the main event. That's just me. And people were complaining a lot more about the main event. I think though, at the end of the day, there. It wasn't an egregiously early stoppage to where they do have the fighter's best interest at heart. And like you said, if he lands four more unprotected shots, we're like, we probably would be having a slightly different conversation. Like, that's probably a little late if they land four more shots. Yeah. And so I I agree that it was probably a little early, but if they go ahead and land four more big shots, I think that this is for the best of the fighter. Sure. I just think you're, it's a slippery slope when you're playing the what-if game. Like, what if he let her go and he took four more shots? Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. And when he stepped in, I think Simone is still very much in it. I agree. I think, though, either, either way, though, Simone is on a higher pedestal than he was before. He was better off fighting Uriah Faber and losing in 44 seconds than not fighting him at all. The thing to me now is when you look at Simone's resume, anybody who's anybody that he's fought, he lost to like Uriah Faber was the only real name on his resume. He had good performances against the guys that he's fought previously, mm-hmm. but no, none of them are like names that jump out at you. Uriah Faber was the first one that jumped out at you, and he lost in 44 seconds. So, if he goes in his next into his next fight, but then again, his next fight's probably going to be against another mid tier guy that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I, a loss is never a good thing. I, I, it's a forgivable loss, but at the same time, is it because it's Uriah Faber coming off of a three plus year absence? 
I don't know. It's a tough spot for Ricky Simone to be in. He was a minus 300 favorite and lost to a 41-year-old. I think he was 40. Whatevs. How about USADA testing Uriah Faber while his wife was giving birth? Yeah, that's that's a wild scene. I'm sure. I guarantee that they w- the hospital wouldn't have let him into the room, USADA into the room, unless Uriah Faber said it was okay. I'm sure the headline was a little dramatized. I'm sure she wasn't she wasn't like fucking pushing the kid out as they showed up. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure she was just <laughs> he wasn't in pulling labor. down his pants. Is yeah. she? <laughs> It's popping out the baby. But still, read the room, Yusada. Yeah, for sure. So why do you hate Uriah Faber? I just don't like him. I don't know. I don't dislike him. He's v- That tweet that I sent you guys after the fight when he called out uh, Cejudo on Twitter, that was big cringe, though. That was yeah. bad. He was calling Cejudo cringe, and he was a D's nuts. And yeah. Oof. I don't like when fighters. And he's 40 years old. It's like, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I don't like when fighters come out of retirement. And I remember watching a couple fights I don't know which ones, but I didn't, he he's so fucking boring as a fighter. He's uh, he has a very punchable face. Yeah, even though he knocked me the fuck out, his face his <laughs> face is very punchable. I don't know why. I, I just don't like him. I mean, that's I, that's fair. Sometimes you just don't like a guy like Elias yeah. Theodoro. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm very neutral on Uriah Faber. Yeah, but I do agree that he's marketable, a marketable guy. He is a legend, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the he just looks like a piece of shit. Like him with the whole TJ and Connor thing. Like he just seemed like a whole piece of shit. In that yeah. Whole at first, it, in that when that whole situation was like first developing, it seemed like TJ was the asshole. And the farther we get away from it, Uriah Faber's only made himself look worse in the situation and made it look like TJ made the right move leaving. And I think that's one reason I don't like Uriah. And it, and I don't, I'm definitely on TJ's side. I would have fucking left there. Yeah. Too. And to go along with that, too, any coach they've ever fucking had at Team Alpha Male is left Very after quickly. a short stint. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously not an easy guy to work with. Very successful outside the cage. Like they said on Saturday, he owns like fucking 40 businesses or some shit. Yeah, I'm sure that he's doing okay. Yeah, your right favor is doing fine in life, but maybe he's a little bit of an asshole. It's very possible. Um,. About what Brendan said about how he doesn't like fighters coming out of retirement, and I definitely agree that most of the time I don't like it at all, and I don't necessarily like the fact that Uriah Faber came back, but he was also pretty good when he left. Like, he was still capable of being a top 10 fighter in the world, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's still his—he's probably a top 5 fighter as a ceiling, but he's no better. He will never be champion. You don't think he can beat Cejudo? No. Cejudo's a much better wrestler, and— I mean, if he knocks out TJ, I guarantee TJ would tear uh, Uriah apart. So, I think Cejudo's a very defeatable champion. He's not like super super dominant or anything. I think Uriah has a small chance of catching him, catching his chin. Because I don't even know how good Cejudo's chin really is, mm-hmm. even though he's a fucking lightweight or he's in a lighter weight division, so it's less likely to get knocked out. Didn't Mighty Mouse finish him the first time? Yeah, in the first. Was it a sub? Or was no, it was a TKO. He caught him and uh, pounded his face until the stoppage. And Demetrius isn't known for power or anything either. Right. So, I feel like he has a small chance of catching him, but I definitely don't think he's on the level of Cejudo as a fighter. Yeah, I would say that the only way he does is if it's like a Ricky Simone where he's losing in a moment and he catches him. Right. I. His I don't boxing know. is definitely good enough to catch him. I just don't think he will ever. I feel like. Cejudo is beatable by almost anybody in the top five at 135 and 125. I mean, it gets a little sketchy at 125 because he's lost to Cejudo, or to Benavidez, but he also lost to Mighty Mouse. 
You mm-hmm. don't really know what's going on with that division. At 135, I think Cejudo is very beatable. I think Aljo can beat him. I think Petr Jan can beat him. I don't know if they do, but I think all of them can get a win in that fight. So I don't know. I feel like Uriah Faber has a chance. He would be a big underdog for sure. But I don't feel like it's crazy to say that Uriah Faber could pull out a win against Cejudo right now. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think he ever will. And on the same note, uh, Team Alpha Male, Chad Mendez officially retires. I feel like he said that shortly after he lost last time. I He said he was going to contemplate it. Mm-hmm. It's just the right move, I feel like. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was ever going to come back and accomplish anything else. He's been knocked out three of his last four fights, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. And the only guys he's lost to are very good fighters. Yeah, Frankie Edgar, Conor McGregor, and... Jose Aldo and Volkanovski. Yeah, I forgot about Jose Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of them I should have remembered. I was thinking about his last few, though. But, yeah, a very accomplished career, especially in the lighter weight classes for when he came in. Mm-hmm. Like, he did about as much as he could. But he had Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor in his way, so it kind of stifled his growth a little bit, I would say. No pun intended. Yeah. Mini Mendes. <laughs> but um, uh, still a very accomplished career for somebody who came in at the point that he did. And even had a drug suspension in there. He had injuries in there. Uh, maybe if he had a full training camp against Conor McGregor, his Don't career, his career goes a little differently, maybe. Don't even give me that. But still a very good career for Chad Mendes. And I, I feel like he goes out more liked than hated, even with the drug suspension and connor fight and all that yeah uh, like when i think about him I, all i think about is mini mendez and uh kicking a throat yeah but i don't even think about the suspension i don't think about his later fights mm-hmm. and so i think that all in all he will be more liked than not do you think he'll be remembered in like anywhere near the top of the 145 pound division no not at all he was just another guy that mm-hmm. so definitely just, not hall of fame level no i don't think so i, I think he's very good and if Jose Aldo wasn't around. He probably would be one of the best mm-hmm. ever. And even he might be a top five 145 of all time. He'd be on the fringe, obviously. Yeah. But right now, as it, as everything sits, it's like Connor's up there, Max is up there, Jose's up there, Frankie, Frankie, Mendez could very well be in that discussion with. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, because he lost to Jose twice, got knocked out by Conor McGregor. Yeah, he lost. He lost the fights he needed to win to solidify being one of the top 145 of all time. Yeah, so he's going to be one of the better talents at the division, but not going to be remembered as he should be. And his legacy will be losing to Conor McGregor, without a doubt. So, shout out Chad Mendes. I hope you enjoy Red Panty Night for the rest <laughs> of your life. Uh, Vitor Belfort wants Joe Rogan in the corner him <laughs> at one FC or one championship, whatever they're called now. Mm-hmm. What a move by Vitor Belfort. That that's so wild. Although, if I could have anyone to corner a fight. I mean, he already knows what he's going to probably do, so why not have Joe Rogan hang out with you? Joe Rogan's definitely not going to do it, but it would be such a great thing. <laughs> yeah, it would be so great. I, yeah, Joe Rogan being in Vitor Belfort's corner is more likely to make me tune into one. I probably still wouldn't, but it would just be too good to miss. Yeah, I agree. Although Joe Rogan, he might do it. He might. I don't think Joe Rogan's going to fucking Asia for <laughs> to corner Vitor. <laughs> I don't know where exactly his fight is, but I assume it's aren't they usually in Singapore or like Macau yeah, and shit like that? Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think Joe Rogan's making that trip. He may not. He's got a family. He's a family man. And then John Lineker signed with one championship, like right after we fucking finished recording last week. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the right move for him. Go over there, juice up. It's got there's some legit names over there. I don't know about it. One. 35 necessarily he but probably juices up to 155 he, yeah <laughs> i call i was telling the guy, my guy at work uh he'll I, he might he's, cause he's calling for the super fight with mighty mouse it's like i don't think lineker's going to is definitely not going down to 125 
I don't think Mighty Mouse is going to come up to 135 to fight Lineker. And even then, Lineker can barely make 135. So what they're going to do is they're going to set this fight up at 135. And Lineker's going to weigh in at fucking 160. <laughs> and they're going to go, yep, 135. Yeah. Right on the top. Well, and that's the thing. One doesn't do uh, weight cuts. They're an official weigh-ins. They have hydration tests. You mm. weigh in at a natural weight. Right. And stuff like that. And so, I mean, that's a sketch. Brendan, thoughts on the move for John Lineker to one? You got to do what you got to do. You got to sign somewhere. And he signed at one. So good for him. Secure the Super bag. fight. I don't know if about that shit. Yeah, I don't... F- I don't feel like Mighty Mouse would go for that. No. I don't think he wants to mess with John Lineker. I like, he wouldn't come up to fight, or he was reluctant to come up to fight TJ in the UFC. I don't think he's going to go do it in one championship. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to go beat these little Asian dudes and collect the bag. Yeah. I'll, I do wonder, though, if uh, Mighty Mouse will fight, what's his name? The next, the other best uh, flyweight in the world that isn't in the UFC. Martin you- Wynn? Who? Win? No. Uh, he was. He fought Mighty Mouse once, and then he left. Oh, Horaguchi. Yeah. The Gooch. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he'll fight him. That would be interesting. He's in Pride. Or not Ryzen. Pride. Ryzen. Yeah. And I mean, Ryzen, if they're already doing cross promotional stuff, I say do it. If you want to see who the yeah, b- baddest I, flyweight in the world is. I think Ryzen would do it. I just don't know if one would do it. Probably would. So. I'd be interested to see it. I mean, that might be the biggest fight they can make, but I don't know. I don't necessarily see it happening. Uh, and then a fight announcement. Cub Swanson fighting Crone Gracie on October 12th. Uh, I think that's another loss for Cub Swanson. Yeah, it is. Crone Gracie is going to take him down, and he's going to choke his brains out. Cub Swanson facing a, a jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Cub Swanson facing a jiu-jitsu specialist is just not a great move for Cub Swanson. I don't no, know. but I mean, he's, I'm sure, getting paid pretty well, so... And, I mean, if he keeps it standing, I'm sure he can knock out Crone Gracie. I feel like he's either coming to the end of his contract or he just signed a new one, too. I think he's coming to an end, but I might be wrong. Because he was on a nice little losing streak there for a while, and I think he picked up a win in his last one. I don't know. I have a terrible memory when it comes to fighters' records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and get into picks for this weekend's card, then. Cool. We are picking six fights. Do you know where the card is? No. <laughs> I was going to try and avoid it. <laughs> Uh, it's headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and Leon Edwards. I know it's on ESPN. I do know that much. Uh, so a cable card here. First one in a while, it feels like. Uh, first one since Nganu and Junior Dos Santos, I believe. It's in Sacramento. No, that was this weekend. Oh. Nice try. I did try. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll Google. It's at the AT&T Center. So what is that, Dallas? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> San Antonio. Okay. Andre Arlovsky is a plus 160 underdog to Ben Rothwell, the minus 200 favorite at heavyweight. I feel like this is a pretty easy pick. Uh, ben Rothwell knocks people out. Andre Arlovsky gets knocked out. Um, so I think it's a fairly obvious result for this one. I think Ben Rothwell puts Andre Arlovsky away fairly easily in this one. I have Ben Rothwell as well. Andrew is deteriorating slowly. Andrew? <laughs> Just call him Andrew. Andre. Andre. <laughs> Well, Andrew you put Andrew, and that was just oh, my head. I did, but it's Andre Orlovsky. Yeah. I know who Andre Orlovsky is, but I I don't know why I said Andrew. I feel like <laughs> that's a wild thing. Um, I also had Ben Rothwell for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. Didn't he? Is He's this tra- his first fight back, or did he already fight? I think once? he had one, and I think he lost. I think he lost to Reem. I, 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 that sounds like it could be a thing. Either way, though, Ben Rothwell is probably a whole lot better than Andre Orlovsky. But we've been saying that for a while. Orlovsky squeeze out 
squeezes out wins. Yeah, I just don't know if he can do it in this one. I don't think he can bully Ben Rothwell around. Like I think it's going to go very much the opposite of what Arlovsky wants it to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander Hernandez is a minus 170 favorite against Francisco Trinaldo, the plus 140 underdog. Trinaldo's 2-2 two two in his last four, and Alexander Hernandez is coming off of the ugly loss to Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, the worst performance Fisker and the biggest beating he's ever taken. Francisco Trinaldo is one of those guys that's fucking 57 years old, but still cranking out dubs in the UFC. <laughs> he's just a grinder. Like there's, He's not really great at any one thing. He can knock you out and he can s- submit you, but you don't go in there thinking Francisco Trinaldo is going to knock this guy out or he's going to submit this guy. I think Alexander Hernandez is still a legit prospect. I think he can still make things happen in the UFC, but what? it's hard to pick him coming off of that terrible performance he had against Cowboy. So I'm going to pick Francisco Trinaldo, another old guy, to get a dub over Alexander Hernandez. I'm going to get Alexander Hernandez. He's the favorite in this fight, and I think that's for a reason I got Alexander. I think Hernandez is going to bounce back in a big way, and I think that Brendan and I are going to get one back on Buju. Maybe. James Vick, the plus-125 underdog against Dan Hooker, the minus-155 favorite. James Vick, I believe his last fight was the loss to Justin Gaethje, correct? I believe. Ugly, ugly loss to Justin Gaethje. And Dan Hooker, I believe, his last fight was Edson Barboza, in which he took an ugly loss. Um, I'm picking Dan Hooker in this one. I had high hopes, very, very high hopes for James Vick at one point in his career, very recently, going into the Justin Gaethje fight. He lost then to Paul Felder in February. Oh, that's right. That's tough. That is tough. Uh, uh, but yeah, James Vick, I think, he had, I felt like he had a very high ceiling at one point, but now I feel like he's already reached that ceiling and probably headed back downwards. Dan Hooker, meanwhile... While he got his fucking ass whooped by Edson Barboza, I think he still can make things happen in the UFC. I think he's still got places to go, and I think he gets a win over James Vick here. I have Dan Hooker as well. I think it should be a really good fight, as the odds say. I think the odds are close. The fight's close. Uh, I was never on the Vick train like you two were. I'm a yeah, genius, we were, some will we say. We were uh, conducting the train. Brennan was in front of the train with both hands on I was, trying to I was bring it to Spider-Man a stop. Spider-Man fucking... <laughs> Got the fucking shit slowing down, trying, hanging off the fucking edge. <laughs> Spider-Man that shit. Um, yeah, but I don't have James Vick because I don't think he's that great of a fighter. Dean Hooker. Is he still in the top 10? I feel like he's... He, yeah, he I might be so. fringe top 10. Yeah. yeah, If not, he's still top 15. Um, I do agree with what you said, Buju, about how James Vick definitely has already hit his ceiling. We both thought that he had very high hope, uh, very high potential. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Dan Hooker, I think, still can be very good. Oh. But, however, he's not going to win. I think that James Vick is going to collect this dub, and he's going to stop his losing streak at two. Bryce is the last passenger on the James <laughs> Vick train. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a world beater. I just don't think that Dan Hooker is that is good enough right this second. Greg Hardy, minus 115. Juan Adams, minus 115. So a pick him. In the fight with the controversial heavyweights against, I assume, somebody who's in their first UFC fight in Juan Adams. I think it's his actually second or third. He's been calling out uh, Dan Hardy, though. Or Greg Dan Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> Greg Hardy. You might call out Dan Hardy, too. Uh, Greg Hardy coming off the controversial stoppage against, uh, what's his fucking name, white guy. God damn it. Uh, but yeah, coming off the controversial stoppage with the illegal knee, got DQ'd, a DQ loss for Greg Hardy. Obviously the controversy with the domestic violence got him kicked out of the NFL, but I do think he's a killer in the cage. Uh, he's got raw power. Alan Crowder. Alan Crowder. And while he's not necessarily honed his skills quite yet, 
as you as we've seen in the Alan Crowder fight because Crowder kind of tests him a little bit and Crowder himself is not very good. I think just the raw talent can bring Greg Hardy past a guy like Juan Adams. I kind of hope I'm wrong. Hope Juan Adams puts him away, but I am going to pick Greg Hardy. I have Greg Hardy as well. Dude was born to knock motherfuckers out and play defensive end. Mm-hmm. So he's going to continue to live where he was born to fucking do. Um, so This is his first fight since the fucking DQ, right? Nope, yeah. second. Oh, it is? He knocked out some guy whose name I don't even know yeah, how to say in the first he's round. Just, he's going to knock this dude out two rounds within, within two rounds. My prediction. Very bold prediction. <laughs> All right. So this is Juan Adams' second UFC fight. He lost his first one by a decision. Uh, yeah, it was not good, but that was his first professional loss. I'm picking Juan Adams. I think Greg Hardy stinks out loud. I think he's actually terrible. I because I think he has insane power, and that if he touches Adams' chin, he's gonna go out. But I think if Adams can avoid that for five minutes, Hardy just isn't gonna be able to do anything else. I don't even know. And if he's gonna get avo- himself disqualified again. I don't even know if he's gotta avoid it for five minutes. Yeah, I think. Five minutes of being generous, but if it goes in the second round, Juan Adams might put him away. I think Greg Hardy knocks him out. But Juan Adams getting the dub, going against the green. What would you say is the most likely result of that fight, even with you picking Juan Adams? Greg Hardy knockout. Okay, that's what I felt. Uh, Alexi Olenek, the plus 130 underdog to Walt the Big Ticket Harris, the minus 160 favorite. Shout out Walt Harris. Alexi Olenek is a guy who, like, it's hard, it's tough to pick against Russians in the UFC. It is. He's just they just fucking pull out wins. They're machines. Mm-hmm. But Walt Harris is a very good wrestler. He does have a couple big fights in the UFC. Granted, one of them was a very ugly loss to Fabrizio Verdum on short notice. But he's he has had big fights. I feel like he has the ability to get a decision win over Alexi Olenek here. I have Walt Harris as well. I'm surprised he didn't go with Alexi just because his experience. He has the experience factor. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of fucking fights, like 57 and something. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fucking wins in MMA. Um, but going with Walt Harris, big ticket. He's going to punch his ticket. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we have the explicit warning on this because Brendan, he he, he uses that to full effect. <laughs> um, yeah, this isn't like one of those movies where you're eliminated three cuss words. I'm using all of them. Rated Br- R, bitch. Brendan uses fuck as a rest word, like uh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and like Buju said about uh, Alexi Olenek and Russians in general in the UFC, they just get wins, and his is generally by Ezekiel Choke. Uh, but What a cool name for a submission. It is. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> uh, I also have Walt Harris. I think he just gets it done. Hell yeah. Big ticket. Punch that ticket. Uh, that should be a chant for him. Rafael, so- oh, boy. Rafael Dos Anjos, the plus 110 underdog to Leon Edwards, the minus 130 favorite. The biggest fight of Leon Edwards' career is when he bullied Cowboy Cerrone at 170 pounds in London. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does the same thing to Rafael Dos Anjos. While Dos Anjos has done a huge things in his career, uh, champion at 155 pounds, he got right up there at 170. He's got wins over Cowboy Cerrone, had the win over Anthony Pettis. I just feel like Leon Edwards is a better fighter right now. If he can bully Cowboy Cerrone at 170, I don't see why he couldn't be, do the same thing to Rafael Dos Anjos. Because we saw Rafael got, Rafael got pushed around pretty easily by Colby Covington, too. So I think Leon Edwards pieces up Rafael Dos Anjos for a few rounds and either puts him away with a TKO or gets an easy decision win here. Leon Edwards has been fighting much better as of late. He's on a seven or eight fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, Rafael has won Rafael. most recently and then lost to Colby and 
Cameron Usman. Usman, two highly impressive fighters. Both those are both top five in their weight class. So I'm gonna go with RDA fighting better opponents, even though he has two losses in wow. two of his last three fights. So I'm gonna go with RDA and also want him to win. Wow! For the Pettis fight, makes the fight bigger. Okay. All right. Um. So. Wow. <laughs> I have a take that I didn't know I had until just now. Okay, here we go. Leon Edwards is going to fight for a belt next year. He's not going to lose until he fights for that belt against whoever happens to be the champion at that point. Hmm. His last loss was to Kimmer Usman in 2015. Hmm. He's going to destroy Rafael Dos Anjos. He's going to make it look good. I agree. We're in the same boat. That, that's good. Uh, I'm happy for you. We're not on the same train as with James Vick, but we are on the same boat with I Leon didn't Edwards. Say, I'm not necessarily on the train. I'm kind of looking in, seeing what the train has stopped, see. and you're looking in the door like, do I get back on this thing? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before it takes. We'll see what happens Saturday night. <laughs> uh, we're almost at Bryce's time limit already. So, is there any non MMA stuff we wanted to touch on? Like, there's no sports going on now. So, yeah, because baseball Tour de France. Hell yeah. Lance Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> steroids. The Serena Williams lost. Stinks. Um, I thought she was Djokovic already Djokovic just won his 15th Joker. major title, mm-hmm. 16th. And I think like it was 16th in his first Wimbledon. Didn't they play for like five hours? Uh, I Probably. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's a normal tennis match length, though. No, it said it was a long. said it was a marathon match, so that's talking tennis. Giants might trade Madison Bumgarner. That's news. Yeah, I had to think about what Giants you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Blue Jays might trade Marcus Stroman. Both trying to unload fucking. What's the word I'm looking for? Assets. There you go. Looking to rebuild for the future because the Giants stink and the Blue Jays stink. Cubs are 78% back. I'm not allowed to say it yet. Can't say that they're back. I'll get in trouble. But they're close. Didn't they sweep? Mm hmm. Is that permission? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm? <laughs> no. The Cubs are back. I'm not even a Cubs fan, but they're back, guys. They're back. Are they back? Do would you even if the White Sox made the World Series, Bryce? Bryce is a some mode of almost kind of a White Sox fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's if I had to pick a team, that's it. If they were in the World Series, would you watch? I'd watch every single game. Of the what about the ALCS? Probably not. <laughs> I might watch a, a few innings, uh-huh. but it would take them going to the World Series. Do you watch every playoff game when the Cubs are in it? Every single. Okay. The, right. only, the only the last time I haven't watched every single was 2015, and I watched the majority. I, there might be more baseball talking once it gets closer. Actually, I did watch every 2015 game to 2014. Right. They, weren't, they definitely weren't in it in 2014. So. That's why. <laughs> That's why I was probably into it in 2015. They lost the fucking playoffs. Didn't they lose to the Mets in 2015 in the CS yep. or DS? They lost to the Mets in the NLCS in 2015, beat the Dodgers. NL. In the NLCS in 2016, won the World Series in 2016, then lost to the Dodgers in 2017. Last year, they got eliminated in the wild card game to the Rockies. Rockies. So we'll probably talk a little more baseball once it comes down to playoff time. It's just we're coming off the fucking all-star break. So Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, though, in the fucking home run derby, one of the greatest sports performances of all time. The fact that he didn't win that thing is a crime. Yeah, it's just a dumb format. It should be whoever hits the most home runs. I mean, I get it. It's a tournament. It's like the same thing as fucking March Madness. But. It's home runs. It's not yeah. scoring baskets. Vlad Gr- it's hard not to crown Vlad Guerrero the champion of that. Mm-hmm. 
But you can find everything we do at UntitledMMA.com. We're finally back to regular posting schedule. Had a full week of content last week. It'll be the same thing this week. So check out UntitledMMA.com for fighter fight previews, fighter spotlights, the podcast. Cool stuff like my tribute to Chad Mendez. Mini Mendez. Everything we do is at UntitledMMA.com. You can uh, follow us on social media at UntitledMMA on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram? Instagram, UntitledMMA on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to this, this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and all those things on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, anywhere there's podcasts, pretty much you can listen to this one there. So, uh, and if you have any constructive criticism or uh, positive feedback, anything like that, that helps the show as well. It's easy to do, it's free, and it helps the show out, and we appreciate it when you do it. But, do we have anything else? Uh, if you have a question for us, because Buju actually did my job for me today, use the hashtag AskUntitled on Twitter, or just reply to us, DM us on any of those platforms we already talked about. Other than that, it's a wrap.